The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to discuss marketing in an industry that most people don't think of being marketing related, building homes. Joining us is Russ Stevens, who is the Builders Business Coach and the co-founder of the Association of Professional Builders, which is a leading business coaching company dedicated to improving the residential construction industry for both builders and consumers by providing cutting-edge systems, world-class support, and sales and marketing training. And today, Russ and I are going to talk about his five tips for doubling your business's growth in marketing. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Russ Stevens, builders, business coach, and the co-founder of the Association for Professional Builders. Russ, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you, Ben. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you so much for the opportunity to chat. Excited to chat with you and really excited about this topic. And I will preface this with... My wife and I got married. We had some land that was in the family. It was my grandparents' house. They had passed on. It was a rental. And the house that was on it needed to be torn down. It needed to be condemned. So we decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build our dream home. Six years later, we live in the home and we are still working on getting it finalized in the eyes of the city of Burlingame. Russ, building a home is a pain in the ass. And there are lots of people that you work with that know what they're doing and some that sometimes don't. You live in this world. Tell us a little bit about how you participate in the custom home building universe. Well, sorry to hear about your experience there, Benjamin. It's not too uncommon, but I must say there are a lot of good professional builders out there as well. So I'm fortunate that you had a bad experience, but don't give up. There are a lot of good guys I think the main challenge is that these guys in custom home building, they tend to get into it by default. They leave school, they start an apprenticeship, they end up having a carpentry team, and then by default, they become builders and they don't have any systems or training before they get involved in multi-million dollar projects. For what it's worth, we've got a good relationship with our builder. And I understand what you're saying. Everybody means good when a project starts out and sometimes they go sideways. That happens for B2B marketing, people in the MarTech industry as well. I know you work in marketing and we will get to that, I promise. But you mentioned the systems that are in place. And this is something that is very relevant to marketers, mostly those of us who are moving into 
different industries that are trying to essentially renovate the systems, right? Modernizing a business. And that's something that I'm sure that you are faced with all the time is getting companies and people that are used to pen and paper, handshakes, keeping them in their head, writing it in a notebook and trying to automate and digitize everything that's happening. So before we get into building trust and emails, talk to me a little bit about some of the advice that you have for people that are not used to working in a system-driven, technology-driven, data-driven type business. And how do you get them to start integrating these richer, more advanced services that you know, hopefully most of us digital marketers are used to using? Well, it's not easy for any of us to become systemized because we end up on this hamster wheel where we think it's just easier to do it ourselves rather than document what we're doing, explain it to team members and get them to follow a process. So I guess the most important tip that I would give anyone that's looking to systemize their business and get more organized is the system that you're going to use to systemize your business has got to be accessible easy to access and easy to update because there's a lot of great systems out there which we can use to systemize our businesses that you've got to log into. And that ends up as a massive barrier. We've gone through that ourselves. We now use Google Docs to systemize our business. It's accessible for everyone. It's easy to update. So that for me is the number one thing that you've got to get right. First of all, the system you're going to use to systemize. That's a great tip. You know, when you're integrating a system into your business, it needs to be accessible. Everybody needs to be able to understand how to use it. And so keeping things relatively elementary is important. We've gone through this process here on the MarTech podcast with our content production. We moved from a system called Airtable, which was essentially a online spreadsheet into a service called Monday.com, which helps us automate some of our processes, make sure our team understands what they should be doing at a given time, kind of integrating tasks and to-do lists. So what other tips do you have for business owners, for marketers to help them double their growth other than just integrating a system that actually works? The number one thing that we see when we start working with building companies, because the building companies that come to us are all about growth. That's why they join the Association of Professional Builders, because they want to either grow their revenue or grow their income, i.e. their profits or both. And the number one thing that we see missing that you must get in place first if you intend growing is you must have a documented, repeatable sales process. And again, this doesn't have to be anything overly complex, but too many businesses are just winging it when it comes to sales. They're getting an inbound inquiry and they're reacting to that. And what happens is you end up following your buyer's process for buying rather than your process for selling. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So talk to me about the difference between the buyer's process for buying and the seller's process for selling. You would think that those two things have to be the same for a transaction. How are they different? We're going down completely different paths, especially when it comes to custom home builders. A lot of people just don't understand what's involved in the process before construction can start. So they really are dependent on the expert in the business to act as a leader and to guide them. You know, when we go to do something we haven't done before, we're looking for someone to be the expert and to share their knowledge and guide us. And this is particularly important for builders. It's what builders need to be doing. And in order to share that information and take the client, the prospect, through a process that will enable them to start a multi-million dollar project in some cases, even if it's just half a million dollars, it's still a quite a complex project. In order for that project to go smoothly, it's all about preparation. And that is, in effect, the sales process. Okay, so you have to understand your sales process. And essentially, you as a business owner, as a marketer, are driving that process. You're not letting the client dictate how they want to be sold to. So it sounds like there's a little bit of not letting the cart lead the horse. Once you've documented your process, what are some of the other tips that you have for improving your growth? So once you have your repeatable sales process all documented, then you need a repeatable system for acquiring marketing qualified leads through paid advertising because, again, it happens in a lot of industries, but probably more than most in the residential construction industry. You hear a lot of business owners say, I don't advertise, and they say it like it's a badge of honor because they rely on referrals and they say they don't need to advertise, but that business isn't a business at all. It's a job. It's not scalable. So if you're looking for growth, you've got to have a system where you can acquire marketing qualified leads through paid advertising at a cost per marketing qualified lead that works for your particular business model. This is incredibly important for any company that's looking to grow. So it seems like that's backwards, that you would want to figure out how to create the marketing qualified leads first so you could figure out what your sales process should be. And you're basically suggesting you got to do the sales process first, and then you figure out how to go find the leads. Why is it in that order? Well, because when a business is looking to grow, they've already been selling their product or their service. So they've already got a good idea at this point who their ideal clients are and even what the ideal service or product is that they're providing. So from that, they can formulate their sales process reasonably easy. That comes from experience. And once you have that in place, then you can scale up the business by just filling up your funnel at the top end. 
a lot of businesses do attempt to fill up their funnel without having the sales process. And that just leads to an incredible amount of overwhelm and waste. You start at the bottom of the funnel. And it's an important tip for all marketers is whenever you are starting your marketing practice, focus on the people that are the closest to a conversion. Don't worry about filling the top of the funnel. You don't need volume if you don't know how to close a sale. You're just wasting your time and wasting your budget. Focus on the bottom of the funnel, work your way up. So you're starting with your sales leads, figuring out how to generate marketing qualified leads. What's the next tip? The next tip is you need to look at your initial offer because that has got to self-liquidate within 30 days if you're looking for some exponential growth. Otherwise, you need to be in a position to actually cash flow your growth if it's going to be longer than 30 days. Now, there's a lot of businesses like custom home builders, for instance, that will have a longer sales cycle, and that's fine. But you just need to be aware of how long that gap is and how much cash flow it's going to take to fund that sales cycle. And you also need to factor in the risk because the longer the sales cycle, the bigger the risk. We don't know what black swan events might pop up. We obviously experienced it in 2020 when COVID came along and turned the world upside down. They're the kind of risk that you've got to be prepared. I'm so happy we get to refer to that in the past tense. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the most important things when you are looking to set exponential growth is to look at how you can fix your front end to self-liquidate even earlier than it currently is in order to avoid running out of cash as you grow your business. I think that's an important tip too, is that when you're starting to build out your marketing funnel, when you're trying to understand how you're growing your business, you have to spend to earn. So you have to be careful with where and how you're spending to make sure that A, it's going to convert and B, you don't overspend up front and end up with a zero at the end. Any last tips? The other thing that I would say is also keep a close eye on your net margin because before you start scaling up a business, and again, this is something we've seen over and over again, is business owners attempt to scale up a business that's operating on little or no net profit in the mistaken belief that they can scale into bigger profits. Now, the problem is most businesses that operate below $6 million don't become more efficient as they grow. It's typically $6 million and above you start to see the economies of scale. And it's an important thing that a lot of business owners do overlook. So you must get your margins right before you attempt to grow because you're not going to be able to scale into bigger profits. Help me understand that. Why the economies of scale don't really kick in until you're at the 6 million mark? What is stopping you from becoming more efficient as you grow until that hurdle? There's a few factors involved here, but two of the biggest that we see is number one, we call it the owner's influence. As the owner of the business, you're giving your heart and soul to this business. Not only do you work longer hours than anyone else, but you also work harder and faster than anyone else. And as you systemize your business and delegate roles that you're currently doing, unfortunately, you can get some great people in place but no one will work to the level that you do. So it stands to reason that the cost of those operations effectively go up as the owner has less and less influence over the whole operations side and the payroll becomes a larger and larger influence in the fixed expenses. 
So at some point when you get to the $6 million mark, then you've basically worked your way out of a job and the rest of the team is scaled up enough to start growing on its own and not reliant on the owner. That's basically what I'm hearing. Yeah, obviously now that is not a hard and fast rule because different industries, different business models, certainly in our industry and residential construction, 6 million is about the mark that we start to see economies of scale kicking in. But that figure will lie around there for every small business owner. All right. So let me read them back to you. There's figure out your sales cycle. How are you going to sell? Figure out how you're going to get qualified leads. Understand how you're going to preserve your cash and figure out your cash flow constraints. Understand what your margins are to make sure you're going to be running a profitable business. We're one tip short on your five tips for doubling your growth. What's the last tip? And this is the big one, the most important one that we all know we should be doing, but a lot of time we just put it off. And that is planning. You need a three-year plan, a one-year plan, and a 90-day plan, along with key initiatives for each time frame. And once you have that plan and you've got your key initiatives, then it's time to delegate out those tasks to your team and to be working on your business each and every week yourself. And as well as doing that, you then want to monitor your KPIs monthly, weekly, and daily. Depends on the KPIs. We have lag KPIs, which are typically financials, which we would look at monthly. We'll have lead KPIs, things like leads generated, et cetera, which we need to be looking at those weekly and making sure they're on track. But we'll also have daily KPIs. I, for instance, I will jump into our reporting every day just to monitor the cost per MQL of our leads coming in to make sure we're on track. It's, you know, it's that important when you start spending a lot of money on advertising. And when you do that, ultimately, this well-old machine will come down to just one number, and that is how much you spend on advertising. Because when your KPIs are in place and you're monitoring them and they're holding up as the business grows, everything will flow on from how much you spend on advertising. And it's an absolute beautiful thing to watch in motion. Boy, wouldn't that be nice to just focus on one KPI? (laughs) I wish our business was that simple. Russ, I appreciate you walking us through your tips for growing a business. I understand that they are relevant for the construction industry. I think they're relevant for us marketers as well. And we're going to bring you back tomorrow to talk about some of the other tactics that you're using in the building industry to help your clients grow successfully. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Russ Stevens, the Builders Business Coach and the co-founder of the Association for Professional Builders for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Russ and I are going to talk about building trust and authority without emailing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Russ, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is APB Builders. That's A-P-B-B-U-I-L-D-E-R-S, two Bs or visit his company's website, which is appbuilders.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You could sign up for our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-A. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. 
All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.